You are listening to the John DePietro Show on 99.9 FM and 1380 AM. News Talk WNRI. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program on this President's Day is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. You know, maybe today, why not go out for a nice lunch? They're waiting for you, folks, at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Or maybe you want to go for dinner. There's always a game on in the lounge. It's always a nice crowd. And I'll tell you, the food is delicious. It's um, it's a restaurant that is just legendary. And one of the reasons why is because they consistently churn out great, consistent food. And on top of that, you know, the people that work there, they have good consistency with who it is that works there. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. So I want to get to some of the news of the day. And I'm also going to play you some sound. I don't expect, by the way, as the week goes along, I will talk a little bit about um, what, what Governor McKee did. What Governor McKee did with the uh, the giving the bonuses to the former correctional people, former people that worked at the ACI, got three thousand dollar bonuses from this governor. That's an, a campaign promise. That's a campaign promise. That's an expensive campaign promise. As a matter of fact, but that's all that is. It makes no sense to to give that. Um, the, the the and the fact that we're going to go through this for the next four years is is just going to be is going to be a challenge, folks. It's going to be a challenge. But I want to get to some of the sound now. I mentioned President Biden was in Ukraine, and I'm going to play some of the sound of that. And then I have been playing. The commentary that was on that lively experiment. Now, again, I know people can knock it and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people don't watch it anymore and so forth. But I am. Um, it's still on. It's still on and meaning on on the air. And it's still public television. And I, 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 I hate when people approach approach it as that it's an either or. That somehow you either yell at the woman that said it and shout it, you know, shout them down, or you sit there silent and don't say anything. I, I, I don't believe that it's an either or. I think that there's a way that, in fact, it could make a point i i don't think that you just sit there and and not say anything and allow her to make the type of statement that this individual was allowed to make as three individuals that that i know and have known for a long time um, and especially two of them that I still communicate with, not so much about Chairman Lynch, but uh, the embattled chairman, but but Jim Hummel and Ken Block. And and now Ken Block could easily say, hey, listen, it's not my job. And he, and he would be right, but you're on a panel and you do have the ability, if in fact you want to say something that you can disagree that certainly has been you know has been done uh, in the past so you're on a television program where they're discussing it, it's it's hard to believe that that they were discussing the Michigan state shooting and this is what it came out of so I want to just play it. I will touch on the fact is it's not lost on me. Today is the 20th anniversary of the station nightclub fire. And 
and and also President Biden going to Ukraine. So I'm going to touch on both. But I want to play for you because the larger problem here to me is I don't expect Bill Lynch to say anything. If Ken Block wants to say, hey, listen, I'm not on that show to disagree with it. Well, that's his prerogative. But you're the host of the show. You're Hummel. You you sit there silent. I want to play for you. This is Lisa Wranglin. And she is, I believe, she's the head of the Black Business Coalition in, in Rhode Island. So listen how it sounded. On, on Live Experiment that was on Rhode Island public television over the course of the weekend. Now, in fairness, someone flagged me to this. So then as a result of that, I was able to find it on YouTube and play it. But I want to play you how this discussion went. Here it is. Police at both Rhode Island College and CCRI to join their counterparts at URI and carry firearms. So let me begin with you. This is a evolving discussion and we have the you know michigan state reignites the discussion i wonder if we're at the point where this is something we want to do or i guess a lot of it will be whether the campus is equipped to do it right right so let me just say i am my heart goes out to the family that have lost their children i think they definitely need to evaluate whether harming cops you know giving cops firearm in school is the right answer. I am very concerned about black and brown students on campus. That, yes, you want to ensure that we have safety and we want to have protocols in place, but what if a police officer sees a black student and decide that I'm going to take this person out just because they're black? And that's a real challenge. I mean... You know, that, that is, there's so many different ways to look at that. Now, the obvious... By the way, there was no pushback on that. I'll play the the full comment, and then you can hear, just in fairness, no one pushes back. No one says, I disagree. I want to clarify. Like, what are you talking about? The incident in Michigan State is one thing. We're talking about Rhode Island colleges. So can you cite some examples of when that has happened? Talk about incendiary. How? I want to play. You know what? Why not? And then I will touch on the other stuff. I want to play the full cut just so then people can hear what was said afterwards, which was nothing, as a matter of fact. Here's the title of it. Should CCRI and Rhode Island College have armed police officers on campus? That's how the show is being promoted. With a whopping 54 views on YouTube. So I'll play it. I'll play it. I mean, just the way it's built up. To be armed. One state rep wants to revisit the discussion. And the Senate president wants to see another expansion of gambling. A lively experiment (laughs) is generously underwritten by. Hi, I'm John Hazen White Jr., for over 30 years, a lively experiment. I like John. Insight and analysis. The guy is fantastic, but and I, I don't fault him in any way. Uh, all right, here we go. Joining us on the panel, Lisa Wranglin, president and CEO of the Rhode Island Black Business Association. Right, so she is. Ken Block, founder of Watchdog RI, and Bill Lynch, uh. former chairman of the Rhode Island Democratic Party. Hello and welcome to Lively. I'm Jim Hummel. We appreciate you spending part of your weekend with us. The mass shooting at Michigan State University this week has many college campuses revisiting their safety protocols and it is likely to reignite discussion about a proposed bill by Representative William O'Brien to have campus police at both Rhode Island College and CCRI to join their counterparts at URI and carry firearms. A similar proposal didn't get any traction at RIC 5 years ago. Lisa, let me begin with you. This is a evolving discussion and we have the, you know, Michigan State reignites the discussion. I wonder if we're at the point where this is something we want to do or I guess a lot of it will be whether the campus is equipped to do it, right? Right. So let me just say, I am, my heart goes out to the family that have lost their children. 
gun violence is a real thing, but also mental health. Um, and as a mom, I cannot imagine sending my child off to school and for them not to come home. So that is just so, so painful. But let me just say, I think they definitely need to evaluate whether harming cops, you know, giving cops firearm in school is the right answer. I am very concerned about black and brown students on campus that, yes, you want to ensure that we have safety and we want to have protocols in place. But what if a police officer sees a black student and decide that wow. I'm going to take this person out just because oh they're black? My God. That's a real challenge. I mean, when? there's a study recently that when I read that, that says 46 percent of students says, yes, we feels better when cops are, you know, with firearm and, on campus. However, that same study cited that 37 percent of black students did not feel safe. So I think we and we're talking about CCRI where the, you know, black and brown students, large what? population of them. So I'm very concerned. I think we got to protect our children, but I'm not sure if firearm is giving cops is the way to go. Yeah, where you stand depends on where you sit on this issue. Yeah. Um, where you, know, you stand obviously would be an issue. What do you think? Depends on where you sit, says Hummel. Where you, what? Are we talking about Michigan State? Wasn't it a 43-year-old black man that showed up on the campus? Notice that's not mentioned. Could she cite for us when we have had officers that are taking down black and brown students in Rhode Island? That's, That's her hesitation for it. Wow. No pushback. Hold on. Let's just, that was Hummel. Well, I guess it depends where you sit is where you stand. (laughs) Whatever that means. Let's hear Ken Block really take her to task here. Sure. Training is obviously uh, a big part of it. You know, from my perspective on it, I think if you have a protective force to make sure that the uh, student population is safe, it's pretty hard for them to protect the student body when they don't have the uh, armaments necessary to to repel somebody who's coming in with a lot of firepower. Uh, And I know some, I know personally some campus police officers at Rhode Island College, and they personally feel like they cannot do their job. Are they looking to take down different students? Uh, In the case where somebody with arms shows up. So, you know, I understand exactly where you're coming from. And, and you understand where she's coming board, from? But I think if the ultimate uh, goal of the police force is to ensure the safety of the students that they're there to protect, it's pretty hard to fight bullets with nothing more than a bulletproof vest. Yeah, I think Lisa's point is well taken. But it is? I think it's like anything else. This is Bill Lynch. It's a balancing act. I think in some places it's been enacted and it's, it seems to be working. But I think that they'll look at it closely here um, with input from law enforcement as well as our academic people. I mean, it, it's a, there are concerns on both sides. But, I mean, a bullet doesn't know skin color. And, and I think that if you look at in this country the number of mass shootings i saw the other day somewhere that there have been more deaths from mass shootings this year than we've had days in the year um so and and they're young children uh, from all backgrounds all races um i mean it's horrific i'd like to see ken take some time to go down to dc and see if he can get his friends in the republican congress to do something about gun control you know it's not about that all right, it's not even about that. And notice then, it's everything's a laugh. Suddenly now, it's a, no, no one even addresses what that woman just said. Hummel, well, I guess where you sit is where you stand. Whatever that's supposed to mean. I guess this is a situation of where you sit is where you stand. What? She said the problem is most police officers want to take out and shoot black and brown students. A woman says that and no one defends the police. No one says, well, look at the situation that happened there. 
let's uh, they were they were talking about Michigan State. You know, this is a good example. Like, does does anyone care what actually happened? Well, where you? I guess where you sit is where you stand. A forty-three-year-old person of color showed up on the Penn Michigan State campus, and with seemingly no motive, not only now that story, admitted everyone moves on. But how do you think those students are doing that are still in critical condition? Well, I I guess where you sit is where you stand, whatever that's supposed to mean. Sounds like something they say in church for those that arrive late at midnight mass at Christmas time. Where you sit is where you stand. Let me hear that again. No one pushes back. Like, excuse me? needs to evaluate whether harming cops, you know, giving cops firearm in school is the right answer. I am very concerned about black and brown students on campus. That, yes, you want to ensure that we have safety and we want to have protocols in place. But what if a police officer sees a black student and decide that that I'm going to take this person out just because they're black? And that's a real challenge. I mean... You know, what about the gunman, the 43-year-old gunman that said, I see some students and I want to take them out? Wow. No pushback. Hey, listen, that's her opinion. I'm I'm actually not even faulting her. I'm faulting the fact that she says that and no one even challenges her on it in a respectful manner. I think you could point out to her, like, I, I I cannot even. No one. Well, I guess where you sit is where you stand. Whatever that's supposed to mean. No one challenges her. Yeah, because there's so many examples of that. I guess just like in her mind last Monday night with Michigan State. Well, it certainly is a good thing. That the campus police weren't armed because then you would have had them just indiscriminately shooting black and brown students. What an atrocious, irresponsible thing to say. And yet, again, I'm not, she can say that, but where I break off is no one challenges her on that that's my problem with that statement now let's do the reverse (laughs) what if someone said well the reason why right let's play the other side of it let's talk about in chicago and the acceptable black on black crime who's shooting who it's all targeted Mostly drug-related, gang-related. Let's talk about that. What what about that? How dare you? I mean, no one. I don't think you could actually even say anything like that. What? Absolutely not. How dare you mention? That's not the narrative we're looking for. I'm not saying you have to change her mind. And I want to be really clear about that. I'm not saying it was up to, I'm going to throw Lynch off to the side. I'm not saying it was up to Hummel and Ken Block to change her mind. What I am suggesting is they at least introduce a more reasonable response In terms of, well, no, wait a minute. I don't want to get too far off track here, but I'd be very curious if you could cite some examples in Rhode Island. That's what we're talking about, right? This is a local talk show in Rhode Island. If you could point out some examples where that has happened in our state. Folks, good afternoon at 125 on this President's Day. Now, 
on the eve of the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, President Biden sent a message to the people of Ukraine, Russians and Americans. U.S. is standing by President Zelensky and his forces. Let me hear. This is the report from Let's turn to Nancy Cordes and CBS. Nancy, good morning. So what led to President Biden making this trip right now? Well, Nate, the president has made no secret of the fact that he wanted to visit Ukraine almost since the war started. But the challenge for the White House was to figure out how they could get him into the country and then out of the country safely. In fact, a couple of reporters who are with the president on this journey, they had to surrender their phones at Joint Base Andrews when they met the plane yesterday morning had to surrender their phones for the duration of that journey to Ukraine. Now, as to this timing uh, and the significance of the journey, obviously we're on the eve of the one-year anniversary of the war. The president wanted to send a message to the Ukrainians that the U.S. is standing by them and send a message to the Russians that the U.S. and other world leaders aren't going anywhere in this fight. And then finally, a message to the American people themselves. You know, the U.S. has committed more than 30 billion dollars to Ukraine over the course of the past year. Whatever it takes. There has been some flagging of support recently from Americans, their appetite to spend more money for Ukraine. And so this is the president doing what he can to boost support Whatever it takes. Because we don't know how long this invasion is going to last. No. From Ukraine, Mr. Biden heads to Warsaw, where you are right now. Uh, What have you been hearing about his plans when he gets there? He's got a busy schedule. He's going to be meeting with the Polish president here. The population of Poland, of course, has swollen since the invasion began. So many Ukrainian refugees fleeing their own country and settling here. So uh, a lot to discuss when it comes to humanitarian aid. When it comes to military aid, there are U.S. service members, Ukrainian forces in this country so they can then go back across the border and fight. The president is also going to be meeting here with the leaders of Hungary. Bulgaria, Romania, the so-called Bucharest Nine, these nine NATO countries that are on NATO's eastern flank closest to Russia's border. And these meetings all come on the heels of a major announcement from the vice president over the weekend in Munich. Vice President Harris saying that the U.S. has concluded that Russia has committed crimes against humanity in Ukraine. And that's the precursor, Nate, to possible war crimes charges against Russian officials. You know, I I fully get, by the way, that folks, look at what is literally happening right now. At 128 on this President's Day, it is without question. And North Korea is aggressive. Look who's being aggressive right now. They're not wrong. We do seem we are vulnerable. We are vulnerable. Biden's weak. North Korea launched two more nuclear-capable missiles towards Japan overnight. Let's let's hear that. This it's not your imagination. They are aggressive. Capable missiles toward Japan overnight. In response, the U.S. said the North should immediately desist from quote any further provocative actions. State TV showed one of the missiles being rolled into position right there, then blasting off. Japanese and South Korean officials estimate the missiles flew about a halfway mark to Japan before falling into the sea. Meanwhile, the powerful sister of North Korean dictator Kim Jong Un warned the U.S., South Korea, and Japan to end a series of military drills in the area. Those exercises over the weekend followed North Korea's test launch of an intercontinental missile. Well, that certainly seems like a problem, doesn't it? Well, folks, good afternoon. It's 1.30 on this Monday. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. I mentioned I see Apparently, Governor McKee and Lieutenant Governor Matos are now visiting the station nightclub memorial with all the names. Um, Babylon B. Kamala disappointed to learn President Hospice is just Carter. <laughs> Ah, uh, how about James O'Keefe? 
posted a 45-minute video denouncing Project Veritas. He's ousted from the group. Put him on unpaid leave, offered mental wellness care. That doesn't sound good. I want to go to, um, I watched the Sunday shows. They weren't, they weren't great, but they weren't terrible either. Biden going to Ukraine. Hmm. Blinken, I thought, was pretty weak. I like they were talking about Fetterman. He's so brave. Boy, the Fox story is damaging. Oof. Nikki Haley, I, I, I'm going to echo that what is the point of having her, if you can have President Trump, if she agrees with President Trump on everything. But I want to touch on, I'll tell you, these poor people in East Palestine, uh, Ohio, and they did a good piece on it, on what those people are dealing with. Let me just, I want to play this segment, folks. Here we go. For more than two weeks, a cloud of concern has hung over an eastern Ohio city since a train loaded with toxic chemicals derailed. The release of hazardous chemicals still causing major worry and skepticism for many East Palestine residents, despite officials saying they're safe to return. I don't believe the, the reading's accurate. If I can smell it and it's alarming enough that it's not a good smell, it makes me feel like I shouldn't be in the area. Ohio officials reiterating this week that the town's water and air are safe. We know the science indicates that this water is safe, the Where's air God? is safe. We also know very understandably that residents of East Palestine are concerned. The governor echoing the words of Environmental Protection Agency Administrator sure Michael Regan during a visit to East Palestine this week. I am asking that they trust uh, the government. Uh, and that's huh. We know that there is no way, interest, which is why the state and the federal government have pledged to be very transparent. But some residents are weary, fearful to return home. You get a, a tingling in your tongue and on your lips, oh. heaviness in the chest. Poor it's not a headache, it's pressure, it's dizziness, but it, it feels, it just doesn't feel right. Ohio Senator J.D. Vance right. showing a similar lack of confidence. It's a frightening situation, and my guidance to people is to continue to drink the bottled water. East Palestine's mayor, Trent Conaway, calling on additional aid from state and federal officials. I need help. I'm not ready for this. On Friday, the Biden administration announcing medical personnel and toxicologists are deploying to set up testing clinics. The derailment also calling into question broader train safety standards within the country. The law doesn't require them to notify the state of Ohio or anybody that this is coming through our state. This is crazy. Some lawmakers now considering legislation to change how the federal government classifies hazardous materials yes. carried by trains. Yes. We think we might need a change in federal law. Yes. Southern, the railroad company responsible for the incident, has agreed to pay for the cleanup and released a statement Thursday saying in part, we are here and will stay here for as long as it takes to ensure your safety and to help East Palestine recover and thrive. But the National Transportation Safety Board announced an investigation is underway for this week. Alex Prochet, ABC News, East Palestine, Ohio. You know, I think one of the biggest things to come out of that is, and, and this should be everywhere, um, the amount of safety and the casualness that they're transporting these chemicals. I think that's the part that really needs to be altered. And I've had people ask, I've had many of you ask, you know, are there... Are there trains carrying these types of hazardous materials in our area? Think of the damage that has been done. Think of the damage that has been done. So now I'm also seeing Florida Governor Ron DeSantis hinted today he'll make a decision on 2024 after the, oh wow, legislative session wraps up in May giving the clearest timeline yet of when he could enter the race. I think I have this asked on Fox and Friends when he may decide. He mapped out the coming months. He's going to embark on a tour to promote his new book, The Courage to Be Free, and work through Florida's regular uh, legislative session, which begins in early March. 
We're going to sell some books. We're going to spread the message of Florida. And on March 8th, that's when our session kicks off. Folks, how about they're done in May? Why do we go to June? Rhode Island should wrap up in May. They shouldn't even be going till June. It's foolish. And then our primary should be moved to June. This is the Hill now. So far, only two Republicans, former President Trump, former Ambassador Nikki Haley, have jumped into the race. That list is expected to grow. But like Mike Pence, Senator Tim Scott now, and there's other people that are looking at it. Let me see if... um. I want to see if we have sound of Ron DeSantis, who, as I've said, I, um, oh, I see. By Republicans blast Biden to go to Ukraine before the toxic Ohio train site. Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates. They're consistent. They're consistent. I'll give them that. Let me find um. And I want to point out something to you that no one else. um, Let's see. I want to see this. These polls are useless. It's not a head to head. I'm less convinced than ever that DeSantis has what it takes to beat Trump in a primary. I I think I mentioned these polls the other day. Quinnipiac came out with polls. Head to head. Trump 42, DeSantis 36. Mammoth. Trump 33, DeSantis 33, Riders. Trump 43, DeSantis 31. But, okay, he was on Fox and Friends. Oh, he's in Staten Island. Um, I want to play some of this, but I also want to point out to you that Who's not on Fox and Friends? And that's President Trump is not on, on um, Fox and Friends. He also calls out George Soros after after um, Kerry Lake was saying he's being endorsed by him. Governor Ron DeSantis visited Staten Island to address law enforcement. He's comparing the Big Apple to the Big Orange. <laughs> 50-year low in crime. Hmm. wonder if he's going to take his positive feedback. All right, I want to play some of this. Why not? Folks, it's 137. Good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I want to, um, let's hear a little bit of Governor Ron DeSantis. And, and what's significant here is, as I was mentioning, who's not on Fox and Friends. And that is, you don't hear President Trump on Fox and Friends. Is that Lisa Booth, I think, they're trying her in the middle of the couch? All right. Governor DeSantis says attacks from Trump and others mean he's leading. Takes it as positive feedback. Uh, I don't like this whole meatball Ron thing. Here we go. Lisa Booth. If you're an if you're an office holder and you're just sitting there twiddling your thumbs and not getting anything done, no one ever says anything. You can kind of just fly under the radar. But when you're out there leading, when you're out there setting the agenda, not just for Florida, but really for the nation, which we've done over the last few years, uh, people see that, and and the people that that don't necessarily like that uh, are going to respond accordingly. But uh, I can just tell you, uh, if people are not firing at me then I must not be doing my job. And right. so I view it really as positive feedback. Well, listen to some of those attacks. He, um, that's the right way to handle it. That's the right way to handle it. Let's hear. Law enforcement officers from blue cities are fleeing because they know he'll always uh, invest. Let me, let me hear that. The mission is to say, you see Florida's success, number one in net, net migration, fastest growing, all these things that people have said, and yes, taxes, COVID, all that help. But really, I think the foundation of Florida's success has been law and order and support for the people that wear the uniform. And we've done that in Florida. We're now recruiting more and more people from other states. We've done a thousand different officers, have gotten $5,000 signing bonuses since July. We want more people from New York and Chicago, these places that they're not having. 
happy they know you have a home in Florida. But I think what we've shown with how we've governed versus how these uh, woke cities have governed is those woke approach to, to crime and law and order and being anti-police, those policies have failed. Florida's policies have succeeded. So we need everyone around the country uh, to support the people that wear the uniform, to support policies that keep communities safe, and to abandon this woke nonsense like just releasing these criminals or electing prosecutors that don't follow the law. Now think of that response. That was Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on Fox and Friends. Think of that response compared to what was said on Lively Experiment. And the more you hear something like that, where he is exactly right, is the what an embarrassment that was that that woman was allowed to slander and defame law enforcement in that way. Let's go to another cut. Governor DeSantis, I don't think it's our interest to get in a proxy war with China. This is on a blank check policy with no clear strategic objective identified. And um, these things can can escalate. And I don't think it's in our interest to be getting into proxy war with China, getting involved uh, over things like the borderlands or over Crimea. So I think it would behoove them to identify what is the strategic objective that they're trying to to achieve. Uh, But just saying it's an open ended blank check, uh, that is not acceptable. They have effectively. Hmm. I think, um, without question, though, he's got a military background. I think he um, would be, well, we're going to find out. But this is, look at this. He's not, sounds like he's not jumping in until, doesn't sound like he's jumping in until May. All right, the governor of Ohio was on Fox and Friends. He was grilled. What are you waiting for? Tell you, this guy, who was a a former popular governor, Mike DeWine, I think his approach has just been horrific, really terrible. The response from him and the state has been an example in how not to handle things. So I want to hear it. This is... Fox had a a crew out there, and then the Ohio governor was on Fox and Friends. I like that. What are you waiting for? I want to hear how this sounds. How Governor Mike DeWine joins us now. The tragedy impacting his state. Uh, Governor, what did the EPA director accomplish yesterday? What do you think that since the visit he will do? Well, we had a number of people who visited yesterday. we had uh, you know, Senator, Senator Brown was there, uh, Senator Vance was there, uh, had other people there. Uh, look, here, here's kind of where we are. Uh, we continue to monitor the air. The air is good. Uh, we've gone into uh, hundreds and hundreds of people's houses to, to test that air. It's good. Uh, we got the results Who's testing back. it? Who's Let testing it? Let me just, I'm, I'm sorry? Can you tell me who's testing the air? Yeah, the te- testing we're do- we're doing doing the there's dual testing being going on every single time. The railroad has people testing, but the most important thing I think for the public is uh, that our e- our Ohio EPA is doing the testing of the air. Uh, so we've got monitors all over all over the the village. Uh, the water we have tested comes back uh, good. Uh, we are telling people that if you're on the, the city water, the village water, uh, you certainly can drink that. Uh, we are testing anybody who has a private well. Mm-hmm. We're going out and testing that. Uh, but look, I understand people's concerns. Uh, look, they've been through a, a very, very traumatic, uh, horrible, horrible experience. And so I, we, we really get it. So we've reached out uh, to HHS. Uh, and the federal government, uh, they are going to bring in uh, people who are real experts in toxicity mm-hmm. uh, and exposure uh, to chemicals. Uh, they're going to have access to literally the best people in the, in the country. Okay, Governor. Uh, we're going we're to set up a clinic uh, early, early next week mm-hmm. uh, and be right in the middle of the community so people will be able to go in there. 
Uh, and we're doing that out of an abundance of caution. Again, we're showing nothing on the water. The water is good. The air is good. But we understand people have concerns. Well, Governor, we why, if the air is good and the water is good, why are residents saying, here's some of the quotes, I don't see birds in my property anymore. The rivers have dead fish in them and worms. My throat has been burning, a horrible cough, sneezing, congestion, eyes burning. I mean, clearly, they're experiencing this. So if the air is clean and the water is clean, how do you explain that? Look, we, we've, we, this is why we're going to bring in the best experts in the country. What are you waiting for? Uh, it's already been two weeks. In, in it's already area. been two and weeks. We've already had, we already had, excuse me, we already had, uh, you know, we've had our director of health, Dr. Vanderhoff, who has been in the community talking, talking with people. We've told people, you know, you need to go to see your individual doctor. But we also know there are people who may not have an individual doctor. We know there are people who may not have insurance. And that's why setting up this clinic uh, to assure people and to talk to people one-on-one, have them come in and do an assessment. And again, the docs who will be there will have direct access to the best people in the country who who understand toxicity. Okay, which we do not, so we have to rely on the experts. Uh, But Governor, uh, final quick question for you, and that is, because we know you're busy. Um, Are you confident that this railroad, which put out a full-page ad that said, you know, we're not going to where we're going to take care of the people. Are you confident they will financially compensate everybody for anything they have lost or anything they may lose in the future should this turn out to be a, you know, a cancer cluster, God forbid, or anything like that 20 years from now? Look, we're going to make them do it. They're responsible for this. The railroad created this problem. Yeah. Uh, people didn't create this problem. They brought this... Uh, this uh, into the into the community. It was their railroad that had had the huge, huge, massive wreck, traumatic for the people. We're going to hold them to, feet to the fire. We're going to stay on them. They're going to do it. I have a quick question for you. Uh, can they drink the water? Two days ago, you said only have bottled water. Now you said you, some people are saying you can drink the water. Do yeah, the people the have to bottle dip- water? Difference is the test came back. We now have the test. If you're on the city water, the village water, you can drink it. We'll continue to test it. Uh, but we came back absolutely clear. And uh, But if you have a private well, uh, you should not drink it until it has been tested. And we will test it for you. Yep. Okay. Because the municipality gets water from a mile away, I think, and that's the water that's clean. Right. That's- not the well water. Well, I grew up with well water, and yeah. so you, you wonder about, uh, you know, groundwater seepage and stuff like that. I get why you're going to test all that. I just don't understand why, why this chemical testing's taken two weeks. Uh, look, testing, testing has been started. We've tested all the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, we've felt as, as far as the, the wells, the wells were far away, the wells were deep. We've always felt that there was going to be no problem with that water. But until we had the test back, we couldn't tell people that and absolutely guarantee them that. So we're very, 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 very cautious. Absolutely. All right. Governor, thank you very much for joining us on this Friday. Good luck. Thank you. All right, folks, that was um, the governor of Ohio, as you heard. Totally, totally unacceptable. Completely unacceptable in I like the fact that they're, you know, going after them in the way of what what exactly has been taking so long. Makes no sense at all. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's one forty nine. You're listening to the John DePietro show on AM thirteen eighty and ninety nine point nine FM. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, forty Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Whether it is lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, they're waiting for you. At the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Now, some other news of today. Stonington, Connecticut police officer struck by his own cruiser and crash. That seems odd. Obviously, a huge focus on the 20th anniversary of the Station Nightclub fire. And today is the 20th anniversary of that. I mentioned I did see um, on social media they posted that. Governor McKee and Lieutenant Governor Matos have both made their way to the memorial site in West Warwick. I I talked about it a little bit earlier. It um 
not not enough. There should have been more people that went to jail, and the the outcome in Rhode Island certainly could have been better than than what it's been. So, and uh, I did see there was a memorial mass yesterday, and Governor Kachiri was there. Governor Kachiri and Sue Kachiri, they. They they just think of that. He was the brand new governor. He had just won in November of twenty of two thousand two. And two months later this happens. So Channel Twelve did a piece, Station Fire Remembrance, twenty years. Ugh. Let me play a little bit of it. 100 people were killed, more than 200 injured at the West Warwick Ooh, nightclub two years ago. Injured. Just moments ago, our cameras catching Governor Dan McKee and Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos laying a wreath at the memorial site. They also spent some time talking to family members at the memorial park. 12 News reporter Dana Casulo will join us live from West Warwick in a few moments. She's been talking with people visiting the site today. First, 12 News anchor Mike Montecavo spending Sunday morning at a memorial mass for the victims of the fire. Keeping our promise, what prevails here today? We will never forget 100 beautiful souls that left us. The theme for Sunday morning's mass, honoring those who died, were injured, and the heroes who emerged on February 20th, 2003. You never forget. That's what the message is here. And, and it's, it's always raw, Mike. You never, it never really leaves you anybody that was as impacted as so many people were. This is about the families today, those that lost loved ones, and so many that were injured. You don't realize how many people were injured still alive. Former Rhode Island Governor Don Kachiri tells me the response was tremendous. Thousands of Rhode Islanders, you know, you saw it, just came forward to do whatever they could to try and help. Father Robert Marciano with a simple request to the congregation. He asked everybody to close their eyes when they sang uh, Amazing Grace. You closed your eyes, what were you thinking about? Everybody that passed. Um... I owe my life to them. I owe my life to the doctors, to my family, first responders. I owe my life. Um, there's just no other words for it. Um, I'm, how do you get this lucky? And I say lucky, and it's scars and all. The night's still raw for family members who lost loved ones in the fire and those who survived. Wishing he was here and I didn't have to do this. It doesn't look like I've been carrying it for long, huh? What was he like? Gregarious. The life of everything. He was my pain in the neck, and he was my most trusted. Tracy King. I confidant. I could count on him. Uh, he's amazing, and he continues to be. We never talk about him in past tense. When we have uh, go out to dinner or order a pizza, we always use his name. We always have a place for him at the uh, family table and all holidays. Time does heal a little bit. The memories will always be there, you know. It's um, obviously it's a great tragedy. You mm. know, my parents had a hard time. Yeah. It's something that, that you Dr. Never Metal's forget. brother. You know, it sticks with you. You know, they say to forgive and to forget, you know, um, to give it all to God so you can go forward. But it's kind of hard when you, you know, lose somebody. Tragedy is a part of life. The key thing is how we respond to it. And when communities rise up and, uh, you know, are compassionate, live in solidarity with one another, then even the worst tragedy becomes a source of, of, of a new life, really. While the memorial mass took place one day before the 20th anniversary, a formal ceremony will take place at the Station Fire Memorial Park in May. In Warwick, at St. Kevin's Church, Mike Montecalvo, 12 News. Very nice piece by my former colleague, Mike Montecalvo. I worked with him on that day. I worked with him in the weeks and months after that. Very, very difficult time uh, for the state. And there's a lot more. There's a lot more um, that, that could be said. Huh. Brian Kilmeade, Don Lemon wants to get fired. It's almost as if he wants off the show. He doesn't seem upset. He's been under attack all weekend. He's down in 
South Beach during the Brian Kilmeade show. He questioned, is he trying to get fired? Um, he's done so many crazy things. I think he wants to get fired. It's almost he wants off the show. He doesn't get upset. Photographers are showing up. He's hanging out at the beach as if to say, I don't sweat this. That's what I thought. Couldn't he find a friend with a private backyard pool? <laughs> Don Lemon taken off CNN suspended. He's just like laying on the beach. He is tone deaf. I think it's more he was just exposed. That's and I've said that. I that's who I think he is. He is just not Don Lemon is not the sharpest tool. No question not the sharpest tool. I think Governor DeSantis now waiting until May. That's interesting. Here are some of the headlines. Biden in Kiev Air raid sirens blare. Ukraine vows our tanks will take Red Square. Walks in war zone. Unprecedented risk. Historic, timely, and brave. Let me see what else. Putin's Ukraine gamble seen as biggest threat to his rule. War tests long-standing neutrality of European nations. True. Zelensky declares new evil axis. Hmm. Unexpected winners of the war. You know, I did hear over the course of the weekend how if you're China, the longer this drags out, they see us going through all of our weapons. I, I haven't heard that that's, that that's a problem. Um, I have not heard that. Abraham Lincoln, his effort to get black people to leave the U.S. Is that a President's Day story? I think I'm going to pass on that one. I want to also just touch on Marjorie Taylor Greene certainly gets a lot of press. We need a national divorce. Republican states to succeed from the union. That's her President's Day remark. Red states break off. Separate red and blue states. Shrink the federal government. Everyone I talk to says this. Folks, what would that mean for us? Rhode Island, Mass, and Connecticut. The last time states succeeded from the Union, the direct results was the Civil War. (laughs) What was her posting? I can't express how much Americans hate Joe Biden. (laughs) Hey, folks, free country. She can say whatever she likes. All right, it's 159. This is the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. If you missed any portion of the program, you can log on at DePietro.com. And then you just scroll down under radio show. And then they're all right there in order. It's a beautiful, uh, mild Monday. I'm glad for all the parents that have children that are on school vacation who didn't go anywhere. It's nice out and get outside. We're back on the radio tomorrow at 11, most likely doing Facebook Live later. Again, the big news coming up. President Biden did visit Ukraine today on this President's Day and locally 20th anniversary of the station nightclub fire. Again, enjoy this. WNRI Winsocket.